Good morning. We're a little bit thin on the ground this morning, aren't we? <laughs> it's been hard getting up in the frost. Come through. Take a seat and then stand. So we're going to worship our God this morning. Invite Holy Spirit to come here in His power so that we can know His presence, know His goodness, know His majesty, know that He's the answer to everything. hands up. Come on. It's your heart we're searching for. We want you
let's lift the sound of praise in, in this place this morning. Come on, more. Let's give him more. Come on. There we go. Yes, Lord. You're worthy. This morning, eh? everyone else has gone on holiday or they're just sooks and couldn't get out of bed. It's a bit chilly though, isn't it? Man, I've decided I need to come up with a plan so I can shift to warmer climate three months a year. Anyway, shall we pray, eh? Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you that you promised where two or three are gathered, you're amongst us. And so we pause this morning and we become aware of your presence, we become aware that you are here. You're living in us. You're on us. And Lord, this morning it is so good to spend time together in time with you. Father, I would lift your church to you today and those who aren't with us this morning, wherever they are, whatever's happening in their worlds, whether they are on holiday or anything else today I ask that they would know your presence too that they would sense that you are close and this morning Lord I ask that you'd speak to us clearly that you would uh, uh, you would make yourself known in a powerful way that you would speak to us that we would hear your voice that by the time we leave this gathering together there would be no doubt whatsoever that not only have we met with our brothers and sisters in Christ but we have met with you this morning so I thank you for this time and I ask your blessing to rest. That would be a great sense of your favor resting today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, grab a seat if you'd like to. and <clears throat> Welcome. It's great to, great to have you here. Great to see you here. It's going to be an awesome day. By the time we get back outside, it'll be fantastic. The fog will, go on, will have gone, the, the ice will have mounted off the cars, and it'll be all wonderful. So there you go. Well, if you're visiting with us today, great to have you here. Welcome. And um, I trust that you will be able to relax. You'll be able to enjoy yourself. As you leave at the end of the, the gathering, on the right-hand side, just out the door, there's a table there. And uh, there's bags and things there with information about the church. We'd love to give you that and get to know you a little bit better. So please make the most of, um, of that opportunity and uh, call in there on your way out of here would be really good. Well, who's had a birthday or a celebration in the last week? Birthday, anniversary, birthday? Awesome. That's fantastic. One birthday? Only one birthday today. Fantastic. Well, come and get a chocolate. Happy birthday. That's awesome. Do you want to jump up on your feet? We get to pray. God's blessing this morning. Here we go. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favor, prosperity, and protection over them this year. Activate your love and your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Happy birthday. Fantastic. Well, hopefully as you came in, you, um, you got a couple of postcards here of what's happening in India, and uh, there's some great things happening there with Pastor Kalyan Kumar, 
and also with um, Pastor Sarinda and Reshma in the Kalians down south. They're also in Andhra Pradesh and Bihar and wrong way around, Kalyan. And then uh, Sarinda is in the Punjab up north. And uh, these guys are doing great, great things in India and we support them, which is really, really wonderful. Last week we received faith commitment cards. And next week, I'm going to tell you the total. Next week. But I can tell you this this week. Last week, we had 110 cards come in, which is great. Because, you know, one card often represents a whole family. So what we're looking for in cards is 200 responses. So 200 cards. And that'll be a pretty good representation of us as a, as a church. And so if you haven't got your cards in yet, they are, um, they're in front of you in the seat pockets. They're the one that says Global Mission and our Global Mandate on it. And can I encourage you to pop those in today into the boxes, on the brown boxes on the way out the door. And uh, so we've got another, another 90 cards that we need to see come in. And, um, you know, my, my thing is really, <clears throat> I'll never know what you put on it uh, money-wise, and I don't need to know. My, my interest really is that every person is involved. That's what I want to see. The money will take care of itself if every person is involved. And um, this is one of the things that we do together as a church. Mission is one of the things that we've always done together as a church. So fill in your card, pop it in, and let's believe God to do great things. Also, Jan, do you want to say anything about the, the girls' afternoon tea? Yeah. Good morning. Well, ladies, we have a lovely afternoon tea coming up this Saturday. We have Helen Gwynn uh, with us. She is a, an image consultant. Um, she's also uh, leading a church with her husband in Auckland as well. So um, it's going to be great. You need to get your tickets today, though, uh, because we do need to cater for you. So please get your tickets today at the hub out in the foyer there. If you do by chance forget, then you can email the office and say, oh, I forgot, please reserve a ticket for me. And you can also pay online if you, if you like. So grab your tickets today, Saturday, 2.30. It's going to be a great afternoon. We've also got School of the Spirit coming up the first weekend of July. So that's going to be really good as well. I encourage you to get registered for that. There are brochures and cards in the foyer. Are you warming up slowly? Yeah. Why don't you jump out of your seats just for a moment and walk around for a minute. Say hello to three or four people. Just get the blood moving. If you move your toes up and down in your shoes, that numb feeling will go.
Good morning. How are you? Just warming up. Fantastic. I read somewhere that every person puts off 40, 40 watts of heat. So in my wisdom, I've decided that's the problem with global warming because the population's growing so fast. It's like just having too many heaters on the planet. There you go. That was easy, problem solved. Can I ask the host team to distribute the communion emblems, please? It would be great. The book of John, chapter 6, says this. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. Then the people began arguing with each other about what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? They asked. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. I live because of I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate manna. But you will live forever it's quite a complex scripture isn't it eating the flesh and drinking the blood it sounds a bit like a horror film really but what he's saying is you've got to you've got to take in all of me the whole of Christ the divine the human nature you've got to you've got to take all of it into our being believe in him believe wholeheartedly in him that it, that is our salvation our salvation comes through Christ and through Christ alone that's what he's saying and he came from heaven died on a cross was risen back to life or rose back to life victorious over sin and death and because of that we get to live with incredible hope and incredible freedom and in relationship with the King of Kings, relationship with our Father, and relationship with the Holy Spirit, only because of what Jesus did. And this morning as we receive the communion emblems, and we'll take them in a moment together, I'd like you to take a moment to think about the fullness of Christ. Humanity. Divinity. Who He was and what he's done for.
for us. Now, often we think, well, he, was, he had his earthly ministry for three years. He started at the age of 30 officially, and in 33, he, he went to the cross. And sometimes it's easy to read, and it says he experienced all the things we experience. How did he do that in three years? Well, of course, it was longer than three years, wasn't it? It was 33 years. He grew up. He was a kid. He was, had the ups and downs of being a, a child. He grew through his teenage years. He grew into adulthood. He experienced the fullness of life. And he did that without sin so that his sacrifice, if we choose to believe, would allow us to experience the fullness of eternal life as well as this planet. So, Father, this morning I thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, I thank you that you, were, you, you did what you had to do must have been incredibly difficult I thank you that because of you as we celebrate your communion today the bread representing your flesh and the juice representing your blood that as we celebrate as we remember we remember a risen Christ and as we celebrate and as we remember today we choose you Yes, we believe you are the Son of God. You did come. You did die. You did rise from the grave, victorious over sin and death. It's through you that we find hope. It's through you that we have eternal life. It's through you and you alone. So this morning we celebrate that fact. And we also say a huge thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you eat the bread and the juice? This morning we're going to carry on worshipping. As we do, it'd be great if you need prayer for anything. Why don't you come down the front and uh, let us stand with you in prayer. And so health, healing, whatever it is. This morning particularly, one of the people I'd like to pray for is Geneva Hall, who's in hospital and something's gone crazy with her blood. They're trying to work out what that's about. But um, uh, she's not responding so far very well to the, to the uh, medication or the 
processes that they're doing with her. So we need to pray that there's a significant change in her blood very quickly. Uh, so it's one of the things we want to pray for. But if you would like prayer for anything at all, why don't you come down the front as we sing this first song? It would be great to stand with you and lift your need to our Heavenly Father. Yeah, great. Come now if you're going to come. It would be good. Stand to your feet as well. your hand up if you've got someone in your family that's really unwell. I'm going to pray for Geneva, but why don't you stand in for the person in your family? Hold your hand up. You commit them to God. I'm going to be praying for Geneva particularly, but you commit them to God. 
They don't have to be here to see the power of God at work in their lives. Father, you know every person that's represented here right now with the raising of hands. Father, you know every person that's on someone's heart this morning. You know what every condition is. You know what the cause of every condition is. And you are the answer for every condition. And Father, this morning I lift Geneva to you. We rebuke the work of the enemy. Father, he has no right to touch her or any of these other people that are represented in Jesus' name. You paid for our healing, our complete healing on the cross. And this morning we take hold of that in the name of Jesus and we declare life and life in abundance in Jesus' name. We take hold of it this morning and we declare complete health in Jesus' name. Sickness be gone and life be full in the name of Jesus. We unlock the health of heaven on each of these people this morning. For Geneva, Father, I unlock the health of heaven over her life this morning in Jesus' name. We command the bodies to receive the healing that you've paid for in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. The cross before me. The cross before
turn back Lord thank you that you came you set us free Lord we decided to follow you Lord come on if anyone agrees in this place this morning won't you say amen come on let's lift up come on so let's give some praise thank you Lord thank you Lord that you made a way Lord thank you Lord that we don't have to turn back Lord it's freedom in the name of Jesus in this place this morning, there's healing. In this place this morning, there's freedom in the name of Jesus. Thank you.
Shout your name, it is grace, King of all, King of all, Lord you reign, have your Shout your name. Shout your name. It is grace. King of all. King of all. Lord, you reign. Have your way in my heart. In my heart forevermore. The last word that you cry it is finished it is finished it is finished it is finished Holy Spirit that Jesus came, lived amongst us. And as he spoke those final words, it is finished. Thank you, Jesus, for the awesome person you are, the awesome God, the awesome King, who stood in our place. It should have been us saying, it's finished in the sense that we just can't live life without you. But you set it for us that we might have new life, new hope, new peace, new joy. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name, Lord. You're worthy. Begin to lift your praise. Begin to express your thanks to God. Let it flow. Let it grow. Let it be expressed loudly. Thank you, Jesus, for the awesome God you are. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your greatness. Thank you for new life that we have, that you are the resurrection and in the life. Praise you, Jesus. Mighty is your name. Worthy, worthy are you, Lord. Worthy to be praised. Worthy to be exalted. Come on, let's press in. Let's push through. Jesus, we exalt you. Jesus, we praise you. Mighty is your name, Lord. Worthy, worthy are you, O God. Worthy to be praised. Worthy to be exalted. Mighty is the name of Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. We praise you. Be exalted, O God. Be exalted in the heavens. Be exalted everywhere, Lord. In Jesus' name, we praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the privilege it is to be in your presence. Lord, I thank you for the words that the psalmist said. You will show me 
the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Father, thank you for the joy that is in your presence. Thank you for the sense of delight being with you and with one another through your spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you, church. Great to see you this morning. Thank you, team. Excellent. You're looking good. You feeling good? I'll do that again. You're feeling good? Yeah. Here's the thing. When I'm up here, you can never be quiet with me. I will not have it. You have to be engaged. There's no other way to be. We're going to turn to Philippians chapter 3 and uh, verse 1, and it starts off with these wonderful words. Um, Whatever happens, whatever happens, guess what? Something marvelous happened for you 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, or maybe 70, or even a little bit longer years ago. Guess what? You were born. You were born. You were born an original. There's only one of you. Praise God for that. (laughs) The truth is, we're all born original. Whatever happens, we're all born originals. But do you know there are too many people that too many people that die copies? Too many people that die copies. God wants us to be original because He's created us to be original. This church, I was talking with Trevor Wilson, Pastor Trevor Wilson, uh, before and during the gathering, and trying to work out how long Activate Church has been in existence, and we've sort of worked out it's about 70 years. It's amazing, isn't it? That's incredible, 70 years. And praise God, it's going to be around for many, many more decades until the Lord returns. But here's the thing, God planted this church as an original not to be a copy of another. It may do things similar to another, but we're not here to be a copy of another. We're here to express the thumbprint that God has made us to be. So if you've got your Bibles, let's go to Philippians chapter 3. I'm pleased it's warming up, aren't you? Yeah. I was just thinking about originals. You could never say uh, Mahala Dali. I'm sure most of you have heard that he passed away yesterday, that he was a copy. He truly was an original. You know, I can dance like a butterfly and sting like a bee. I thought, my, (laughs) that really is an original person, isn't it? Yeah, he certainly is not a copy of anybody. But here it goes uh, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. Uh, Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we um, who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. So whatever happens... My dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Lance, would you mind bringing out the board for me? Um, I want us to really look at this verse. It could be very easy to sort of take a bit of a negative 
um, connotation. Whatever happens, rejoice in the Lord. Well, I want to say, let's look at it really, really positively. Whatever happens, really positively, let's rejoice in the Lord. Let's rejoice in the Lord. And so I want to encourage us all this morning to lift this capacity to rejoice in the Lord. Do you know when you get a new job, do you rejoice in the Lord? Good. When you get a new car, do you rejoice in the Lord? When somebody gives you crayfish, thank you very much, Jan. <laughs> I rejoice in the Lord. And so here's this thing. God says, rejoice in the Lord. And I want us to look at this positively, but it's been given not as a suggestion this morning. It's given as an imperative, something that we need to be doing. And I think it's so easy for us to slouch back in our seat and go, whatever, whenever. Yeah, it should be like that, whatever, whenever, be like Jesus. But how often is it whatever, whenever, I'll just change and surf the channels of the TV and sort of just slouch back and not really groove into the groove that God has made me to be. And so I really this morning, I want to focus this on that God wants us to move out of a place of being apathetic into a place that's been absolutely active for Him. And our ability to grow and rejoice in the Lord is a key to do this. And we're going to have a little bit of a look at that this morning. So um, here's a quiz for you. John chapter 1 verse 14. Who knows what it says? John chapter 1 verse 14. Thank you, Rex. 12. Grace. Jesus came. And grace and truth. Jesus came to this earth in grace and truth. And I um, want to say to us this morning that grace and truth are like two railway lines that go in our lives. And God wants to build our lives on grace and truth. And when people take truth too far, they become very legalistic. Nothing goes unless I say so. That's what the legalist says. And it's really, really nasty. Um, Wendy tells the story of her mum, who, and Wendy's mum is a phenomenal believer. She's a phenomenal follower of Jesus. And uh, Wendy's dad um, died when Wendy was 11. Wendy's mum, with four children, was running a farm. They moved off the farm. They came to Palmerston North. I praise God for, for that because that's where I met Wendy. And uh, if she hadn't been in Palmerston, well, it just would have never have been. So I rejoice in that. So, but Wendy's mum got caught up with a group, and, um, and they were saying things like this. And on the surface, it looked all right, you know, the small group. But they began to say things like this. These clothes that your, your children, that Wendy was wearing, are wrong. You should chuck them out. These games like, I'll just make them up, chess, Cluedo, things like this, they're wrong. You should chuck them out. All became very, very legalistic. Until one day, Wendy's mum said to her, um, but the Bible says such and such. And this woman who was leading this group said this, and this was the absolute key to it. I don't care what the Bible says, I say this. And Wendy's mum thought, uh-oh, 
this is in the camp of legalism. I'm not staying here any longer. And so she left. But here's the other thing that happens with legalism, and we'll see this with what Paul talks about. Paul was confronted with a group of believers that were saying to be saved, you had to be circumcised. I'm pleased that's not the case today, but that was the environment that the Apostle Paul lived in. And what was, um, it was a lot more than children being circumcised, for a Jew was part of their national identity to be circumcised. For them, it was part of being a Jew, it was part of being an Israelite. It was all wrapped up in their national identity. And Paul comes along and says, you don't have to be that. These people become very legalistic and say, if you want to be saved, then you must do X, Y, Z. That's the way it was. My uncle, who was a great believer, he went to an unusual church. I don't even know the name of it. Um, they met in houses. And when I was 12 or so and um, gave my life to the Lord, I think we're around 10, 11, 12, he said this to me. If He said to me, Raymond, not Ray. I don't like Raymond, but he said, Raymond, if you want to be saved, you need to come to my church. And when he said that, I thought, and so you, that's not right. That's just not right. He was being legalistic, legalistic. I'm sure this applies to nobody here, but people can be legalistic about what version of the Bible you read. If you're going to read the Word of God, then it must be the, the uh, King James Version, for example. I'm sure there's nobody here like that. But there used to be a lot of people that used to say that. It has to be this version. Or if it's not, you're in error. Very legalistic. Nothing goes unless I say it so. And what does all this do? It robs life. It sucks joy. And I want to say to you this morning, if, if you're camping on legalism, you might think it's truth, but if it sucks joy, you need to move away from it and into truth. It's not on rules. It's not on regulations. Need to move into the truth, which is Jesus. And when you get to Jesus, you find there's very few rules. And so Paul really slams this thing about legalism. And so it's a good question to ask. What am I legalistic in my life about? What am I saying that unless it's done this way, um, then there's no other way? As believers, as a church, we certainly shouldn't be there. We need to be open and embracive. But what's happened over the last um, hundreds of years, and particularly in recent times, people have moved way over here to the grace track. And here's what happens. It's um, anything or everything goes. Do what you want. You're free to be whoever you want to be. And one part of it sounds very appealing. It's very easy grace. It's very sloppy grace. There are churches in America that take the Word of God, and they would take out all the red letter statements that Jesus has made because it doesn't fit their easy-go approach to things. They would say, well, you can sleep with a prostitute, and all you need to worry about, well, Jesus died on the cross, he's forgiven you, that's fine. And where does that land a person? In deception. 
absolutely missing the mark where God has called us to be. And I think as a church, or generally speaking, when things become so easy, it's very easy to end up in a place that we become apathetic, or apathy becomes the thing that we need to confront. It doesn't really matter. Do whatever you want. There it is. But the truth is, God wants us walking on a pathway of grace and truth. Grace is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to live according to the truth that Jesus has for us. And I, this truth that Paul presents to us, whatever happens, rejoice. Whatever happens, rejoice. When I first read that, I don't know about you, but I go, come on, Paul, that's a bit heavy. I mean, I could have something that could be really negative and you're asking me to rejoice. It reminds me of 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, be joyful, pray always, in all circumstances give thanks to God, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Do you know what I did when I was a, a younger Christian? Nobody told me this, but I thought, I'm going to take that scripture right at face value. I don't understand why I should give thanks to God in all circumstances. I don't get that. But here's the thing I'm going to do. I'm going to obey it. I am going to obey it. And that's one of the things I want to say to us this morning, church. We can focus on all sorts of things. We can focus on um, worship, which is good. We can focus on um, evangelizing the lost, which is all good. Of course, it's all good. But the central thing that we need to be focused on is obeying the Lord, obeying Him. That's the value that we need to build on, obeying Him. So the scripture says, give thanks in all circumstances. So I thought, I don't understand how that all works, so I'm going to obey. And here's what I've found. If you obey the word of God, God will open up and reveal to you what's behind that thing that you're obeying. Here's what I've learned. And this is the same when we rejoice in the Lord always. When you obey the word at face value and say, Lord, I am going to obey you because that's what it says. And I want us church to be a church that obeys the Lord because that's what the Word of God says. That's where we're going. We're a church that walks in obedience because there we find the greatest freedom and liberty as believers. That's what it's about. That's the groove. That's the track that God wants us to walk about. I can put my hand up and I say, I obey Him. I follow Him. It's not about worship, which is great. Don't get me wrong. And it's not about evangel, which is great. My central truth is I obey Jesus. That's the rock bottom thing I do. And as you begin to obey him, guess what happens? He reveals himself to you. And he longs to reveal himself to you. One of the things as a dad I love doing with my kids, I loved it with my own dad. I didn't appreciate it when I was younger, but when I got older, I really, really appreciate it. My dad would tell me stories about his life. He would tell me about his highlights, and he would tell me about his challenges. And when he told me about his challenges, it was just something I thought, you're my dad, but now you're, you're my friend. You're my friend. You're sharing something with me that is really, really precious 
and really, really, I, I, I hold it like gold. Our Father in the heaven takes the same thing. Jesus said, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. He's revealing, he's showing who he is to us. And that's what the Lord longs to do. That's what the Lord wants to do. Our key to it is, is obey him, is obey him. So rejoice in him, give thanks to him. This is what I found. This is my key that really turned it on for me. Give thanks in all circumstances. I thought, all right, Lord, you've said it, I'm going to do it. So when a circumstance is not good, I'm not thanking you, God, or I'm not rejoicing that the circumstance is not good, because I don't believe that's what you're saying. I'm rejoicing that you are good in spite of the circumstance. I'm rejoicing that you are great in spite of the circumstance. I realize that you're greater than the circumstance. I'm going to thank you. I'm going to rejoice in you. And I'm going to focus my attention there. Church, that's the sort of people we need to be. That's where we need to move. That we move away from looking at circumstances, whether they're absolutely wonderful. And here's the thing. I love the All Blacks winning. I feel really, really good. When Richie McCall, for the last two times of the World Cups, held up the, the Rugby World Cup and gone, yeehaw, it's really, really good. But guess what? One day, the All Blacks may not do that. Wouldn't that be sad? They may not. They may not do it. And of course, if we know if our joy is based on that happening, it's going to go up and down. But here's the thing. God is good. God is always good. And what I've found is if you commit, if you obey to give thanks, to rejoice in the Lord, this is what I've discovered. Psalm 118 verse 1. If you've got your Bibles, and this is what the Lord revealed to me, and it was absolutely the light went on for me. And although I can, I can say it, I hope you can feel what I'm trying to say. I hope you can capture it. Psalm 118, verse 1. Pages are sticking together. Here we go. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Here's what I saw. It's the same as we rejoice in the Lord. Just obey, not just, but obeying this. Give thanks. Lord, I am responding to you in obedience. I am stepping in there because your word says for me to do it. I'm not a legalist, and I'm certainly not going on the side of apathy. I'm obeying. Give thanks. As I began to do that, as I began to build up, for want of a better term, the thanks reservoir in my life, it took time took time. Then all of a sudden, one day my eyes were opened, and I saw something, though I had heard it many times before, and this is, I hope you can catch the, the feeling of what I'm talking about. I saw God is good. God is good. He is good even when bad things happen. God is good, and I could, no, I could see no longer. It wasn't about what was happening on the earth. It doesn't matter what happens. I was founded on this track, this truth. 
God is good. God is good. No matter what happens or how it happens, the truth is God is good. When you become a legalist, when you don't know God is good and something bad happens, you'll say things like this, I'm not good enough. If I was a better person, then that wouldn't have happened. Rather than the truth is God is good, we go, I'm not good enough. And equally, if somebody is over here, anything goes or everything goes, and something bad happens, their response is, well, God's not good enough. Because if God was good enough, then that wouldn't have happened. But the truth is, God is good. God is good. Whatever happens, rejoice. Give thanks because God is good. And here's the next thing that happened for me. As I built this reservoir of thanks, I could see that God is good. And then it was like I could peer through a hole. It's hard to explain, but this is how it felt. I could spear through a hole. And it goes, and His love endures forever. I could see that God is absolutely love. And because God is love, He wants to express His goodness. But in expressing His goodness, to walk in it, we need to walk in the truth and the grace of it and not become legalistic and not go anything easy goes. And so here's the thing. I hope you're capturing this this morning. Is our response to Him is to obey. And overnight, um, Pastor Sheridan received a... Um, a text or an email, email um, from Tash Kerr, a prophetic word, and I, and I want to read it uh, to us today. Here we go. And it's, so here it is. This is a prophetic word that Tash received, I think, yesterday and sent through last night, Sheridan. So it goes, to the church for the nation. My children, wake up. Do not weep for Zion. You cry out for revival when you, you spend your days in slumber. You claim to be starving while living off the fat of the land. Wake up. The time of apathy and indecision has passed. Now is the time to fight. Pick up your sword and clothe yourself in the armor I have given you. Stop longing to return to Egypt. The past is gone and I am doing a new thing in this land. Wake up. It is time to be as gentle as lambs, but as cunning as serpents. It is time to quit your complaining, your, in, your in-house fighting, and your sleeping on the job. Wake up and draw near. I am doing a new thing. Trim your wicks. Fill your lanterns, for the time is near. It is almost upon you. Wake up and fight. My grace is sufficient. My mercy is great. I hear the cry of your heart. I will bring peace to the nation. I will heal your land and bring a new zeal. But first you must wake up and fight. Fight on your knees in prayer. Fight for your workplaces, your schools and your government. Put action to your prayers and fight for your children, your neighbors, your family and friends. Now is the time. Wake up and fight. Isn't that wonderful? An incredible call. Yeah, let's put our hands to give thanks to the Lord. (coughs) 
So what we need to do, church, to walk in grace and truth of that is to respond in obedience to it. Is to respond in obedience to it. Is to wake up and step into what God has for us to do. I think for too many of us, and I'm talking generally when I say this, we're well on the side of being apathetic to what the Lord wants us to do. And we need to step in and know that God is good and I'm putting my hand up and I am going to press in and pray. And here's the thing. I expect you to do that. I expect you to move from apathy, to turn that switch off and press in and pray and seek God like you've never prayed and seek God before. Because now is the time. Now is the hour to do so. I'll share this testimony with you. Just um, It was four weeks ago, five weeks ago. Um, my son had completed his auto electrical apprenticeship, which was great in December last year. He wanted to um, um, go for a new job as a mechanic. He'd, he thought that would be good for his education. I said, yeah, it's a good call. So he knocked on some doors, and um, he knocked on one door, and they said, yeah, we're interested, but come and see us in six or nine months' time. He knocked on another door and said, yeah, we could be. We could be interested. So <clears throat> I said, well, that's great. And time was going on and on and on, and nothing was really happening. So I got up this morning. It was quarter past seven. I remember it really, really well. And I said, and this is how I prayed. I said, Lord, I've had enough of waiting. I want this sorted out now. I want this job released for my son now. Please, Lord. Now, you might think I'm being rather demanding. Yes, I was. And some of us need to be a lot more demanding in our prayers when we come before the Lord. And I felt as I was praying this way, God was going, I like this. Keep it up, son. Keep going. You keep praying this way. You just watch around the corner. So I said, Lord, release it now. I didn't pray very long, but I prayed determined. I prayed. I was focused on what I was praying on. That was at quarter past seven in the morning. Twenty-five past seven in the morning. Dingling, my cell phone goes. No, it wasn't my cell phone, it was the, the, the landline. So I pick it up and go, oh, hello. And this, this person goes, good morning. I go, oh, well, this is interesting. Can I please speak to Tom? And I thought, oh, okay. So I take the phone down to my son and he has the conversation. Hang up the phone. I said, what was all that about? He said, well, they've invited me to come in and see them at lunchtime. They want to offer me a job today. And I go, yeah. God is good, and God is so willing to answer our prayers. And so I want to encourage us, church. We need to step up, wake up, and step into in obedience for what God is calling us to do. And today... This moment is the moment to do it right now. And so I want to really encourage you. How does that look? Well, the first the thing, it doesn't look legalistic. And it doesn't look anything easy goes. The reason why we are seeking God and praying, because God is good. He's a good God. And He's good for you and He's good for me. And He wants His goodness released in our lives and all over this earth and all over this city. And He has decided that prayer is the way that turns the switch that release or activates His goodness to be released. And so when we come together and pray, God has got a whole army of angels that go, okay, fellas, 
I'm just waiting for Activate Church. The moment they start that V up and rev that prayer thing, we're on the job. And so I want to encourage us, let's step in to creating an environment that is absolutely pregnant with prayer. Tuesday evening, 7.30 to 8.30, the fantastic prayer gatherings. I really encourage you to come. If you can't make every week, make as many weeks as you possibly can. When you get up in the morning, pray. One of the challenging things that I've learned uh, um, along the years, it's difficult to, to pray with our partners, I know, but it's really, really good when you can pray with your partner. Really encourage you to press in, in there. And so who's up for this challenge, church? Yeah. We want to put on the front foot. We want to obey Jesus. Yeah. Can I ask you to stand with me this morning? I don't know where we've all been in our walks with the Lord. Some of us may have been on the, the side of legalism. Some of us, I'm sure many of us have been on the side where it's just all a bit little too easy. But today we're saying, Lord, I want to get on the track and live under the blessing of knowing that you're absolutely good. And I want to walk in obedience to you. If you're here this morning saying, Lord, I want to walk in obedience to you, can you give me a wave? This is not before me. This is before the Lord and saying, Lord, I want to walk in obedience to you. I want to obey you. I want to hear your voice. That's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Father, I thank you for every person who stands here today. Father, I thank you that you're an incredibly good God beyond our wildest dreams. And Father, I pray that we will all get on this track on the truth of grace and truth. Truth, know that you're good. The grace, knowing that you've empowered us to live the life you want us to live. That we don't have to do it by our own works, but by the work and the power of your Holy Spirit is working through us. So Father, I pray as we go forward that we will truly be a people who obey you. We will truly be a people who walk in unison with your Spirit. Hallelujah. Why don't you begin to express your desire to obey, your desire to walk with the Lord. Begin to raise your voices. Don't hold back. Just press out and declare, Lord, I'm here to obey you. I'm here to walk in the walk you've called me to walk. Jesus, I pray, let us be the people that can walk according to your plans, according to your purposes for such a time as this this. Hallelujah. And Father, I thank you that, Lord, we are not a copy. We are an original. Father, I thank you for Activate Church, for the unique thumbprint, fingerprint that you've placed upon us, Lord, that we would rise up and be a mighty army, Lord, declaring and establishing the kingdom of God on earth, declaring and establishing that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Father, we thank you for that. We rejoice in what you're doing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just while we're here, if you are here this morning and you don't know what it is to be in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, maybe you've known but slipped away. Maybe you've never known what it is to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. And you're saying, today I want to live for the purposes of God. I want to live my best life in Jesus. If that's you, 
While every eye is closed and head is bowed, can you give me a wave? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for our time together. Father, thank you that you're for us, that you're with us, and that you're a great and mighty and awesome God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Yeah, give Pastor a hand. That's great. Great message, eh? That was an apathetic response. Yeah, it was a great message. <laughs> you know, I think one of the things that stops us living in the, the area of truth that Ray was talking about is that uh, we live out of emotion instead of character. We live out of emotion instead of character. You're having a bad week, you swing. You're having a good week, you swing the other way. But we need to live in truth. We've got to live out of character and let God develop our character as well. We'll make a strong disciples. Well, stay on your feet because we're going to finish. And a um, couple of things as we finish uh, tonight, Peter Height's going to be speaking. That would be great if you can come out and hear him. It'd be fantastic. If you're visiting again with us today, don't forget the guest bags in the foyer. If you've got children here, your question to discuss today, your take-home question is, does God heal today? Does God heal today? That'll be a good question. Very good question. And um, let's make sure we're purposed in our giving. I'm going to pray about that in just a moment. And don't forget to get your missions cards in. Another 90 to come yet. And then, then I'll be happy. Another 90, I'll be happy. So there you go. Because I suppose if you're apathetic, you could just not do this. You could just think everyone else is going to do it for you. But if you've got a bit of passion, you'd get involved, wouldn't you? This is a great message. It's great to bounce out of this message, Ray. I could just get going now. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Lance is saying we need to be legalistic about this. No, we don't. No, we don't. Matthew 28. Go, mate. Yeah, truth. Thank you, Jesus, that we've been able to gather this morning. Father, thank you that you're speaking to us. Lord, I ask that you would help us to own our current position. Lord, that if we see ourselves, uh, and I ask that you'd reveal this to us, if we've swung out to the legalistic side, Lord, uh, grace us with the ability to pull it back. And Father, if we're out on the apathetic side, uh, we probably need a kick in the pants because otherwise we won't see it. But again, grace us to pull it back, that we would walk in truth that we would be obedient to what you've called us to, that wherever we are and whenever we are there, we would be like Jesus, and that we would understand that you've gifted us, your church, to our community and beyond. So, Father, I thank you for the incredible privilege it is to do life together. Thank you that you haven't let us on our own and try to sort this out on our own, but you've given us communities to work in and walk in. And so I pray for your church this week, that as we go into the week, we would know what it is to be called by God. We would know what it is to have some fire in our bellies. We would know what it is to pursue you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Don't forget Tuesday night. It'll be fantastic. Thanks for coming out today and enjoy the rest of the long weekend.